Welcome to The Prism Effect, a podcast with me, Larry Knoll, lead pastor of The Light in Kent. Just as prisms break light up into its spectral colors, I hope to help you discover the scripture's meaning for your life. scripture together today it's a story so it's a little longer but it's the story of palm sunday and we're going to read it together ready Mm -hmm. after jesus had said this he went on ahead going up to jerusalem as he approached bethphage and bethany at the hill called the mount of olives he sent two of his disciples saying to them Go to the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, 
which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it? Tell him, the Lord needs it. Those who were sent ahead went and found it just as he had told them. And as they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, Why are you untying the colt? And they replied, The Lord needs it. They brought it to Jesus, threw their cloaks on the colt, and put Jesus on it. As he went along, people spread their cloaks on the road. And when he came near the place where the road goes down the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. Amen. We're not going to let the rocks cry out for us, are we? No. That's right. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Let's give the Lord praise today. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hi, everybody. Good morning. Good morning. Happy Sunday. <laughs> um, there are three parts to our ministry, spark, fuel, and burn. Spark is the first part, and that's what the service is today. It's to get the fire started for the week. And then we have fuel, which is how we feed that fire. And we get closer together. Um, with each other and with God. And then we have burn, which is done through our community outreach, and we do things for other people because God does things for us and, and has grown in us, and we want to show it. So, Alex, can you come up for offering? So we're cyborg-friendly now? Is that what you were trying to tell me? But we're not robot-friendly. Is that God, correct? Is that correct, Larry? Okay, God, I just wanted to make sure I was on the same page. There are two ways to help us out in our uh, non-robot-friendly environment. Um, you can put your donations in the envelope in front of you, or you can go to thelightandkent.com and click on the little hand that says Donate. Although I do believe in robot rights. Good morning. So, three things that you need to know. Um, Monday, Thursday is coming up this Thursday, and we have a little uh, video that Roy prepared for us.
This is my body. Then he took a cup. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink from this fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. Nice. Very nice. Thank you, Roy. So this Thursday at 6.30, we will be here for Monday, Thursday service. We'll be doing worship, scripture reading, history of the food from the Last Supper. We will have this whole wall will be um, filled with uh, food from depicting from the Last Supper. And it's just a really beautiful service. So be here at 6.30 if you can on Thursday. We would love to have everybody here. And uh, so we're excited about that. Uh, second thing you need to know is there apparently, Larry, is called a tech meeting. So y'all in the back, pay attention. There's a tech meeting tomorrow at 7.30. Uh, and then Easter Sunday is when? Easter Sunday. It's on Easter Sunday. <laughs> Next Sunday. So we're excited. If you uh, have family members, if you know someone that, that would like to come to church, bring them. We would love to have this whole room filled. And... Um, so it's going to be a great it's going to be a great couple of Sundays here. It's always great, but um, we're looking forward to that. And then lastly, there's one other thing. May 27th, mark your calendars. We're going to do a movie night here. And Kelsey and Sophia are kind of working that out and heading that up and we're just going to follow what they tell us, right, Leah? <laughs> Because um, they wanted to do a movie night to bring everybody together. So we're excited about that. So stay tuned. I have no idea what the movie is yet. Uh-huh. A what? Napoleon Dynamite. A cyborg movie. No. no. What's that? Napoleon Dynamite. Napoleon Dynamite. We're going to have Todd's. <laughs> we're we're going to have what? Tater tots. Tater tots. It, it's, a, it's a thing, you guys. It's a thing. So thank you. Why don't you all uh, stand up? We're going to get started with some worship music now. Father God, you've just impressed on me this morning how um, you never beset us with anything that you don't also dish out the grace to deal with it all. And then we add to that that you work all things, and that's a big capital A-L-L, all things, for the good of those who trust in you. And we trust, Lord, we trust in you. Our faith is in you and you alone. We can't accomplish this on our own. We can't, in our own strength, justify ourselves. Only by your blood are we justified. Only by your sacrifice are we made right before the throne of the Father. It's all, capital A, capital L, capital L, it is all about you, Lord. Help us, Lord, to set our focus, set our hearts, set our minds. Lord, we dedicate this time to you. Holy Spirit, come into our midst. 
Minister to us, Lord. Touch us and have your way. Alone in my sorrows and dead in my sin. Lost without hope, no place to begin. Your love made a way to let mercy come in. When death was arrested and my life began, ash was redeemed, only beauty remains. My orphan heart was given up. I'm a prisoner no more My shame was a ransom He faithfully bore He canceled my debt And he called me his friend When death was arrested Free. 
Messiah. Jesus Messiah. recognize you as our Lord, as our Lord and our Savior, but also the King, the Lord of everything, not just in this planet, but everything about us, everything that you've entrusted us with, our present, our past, and our future. You're the Lord of all. Thank you that you reign that you are in control, that you are the boss, and we are not. And help us, God, to let go of the controls and let you be the Lord of all. Now, God, your word is so important. It is that light for us. It lights our pathway. And God, we ask that you would light our path today with your word. And God, that if we need to change direction on that path, and we see now the Word is illuminating something, help us to make that change in our life. Help us to be obedient, you see, to Your Word, what Your Word is saying to us. Holy Spirit, speak the Word into us now. Speak the Word of God into us, we ask. And we will be so careful to give You the glory and the honor and the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. Powerful, powerful message in that simple song. Thank you. Thank you for worshiping and being with us today. I want to welcome you today for being here. So good to see Miss Kay Catherine sitting in the back there. Been a while. Let's give her a big thank you for being here. Big welcome back. Is this your first Sunday back like in a long time or was it your second? Okay, good. Well, I had seen you, so I, you know, somewhere else or doing something else and I can't remember where it was, so. Well, we miss, we miss all your beautiful faces too, so. There's another one, so. <laughs> but it's so good to be here today. Palm Sunday, we read the scripture today. And looking back on all that transpired there with Jesus Christ as people proclaimed him Lord. And uh, we're 
you know, we're just so happy to celebrate this time of the year means so much to us as Christians. And we have one week left until Easter. So we want to say welcome to all of you who are here and also those who have joined us. I found out this week that we had uh, a couple really great people. I got to talk to them on um, Facebook Messenger this week. And um, I want to give a shout out to, to Zach and I think Jennifer and just say, hey, it's great to have you with us. Let's give them a big hand for being with us. Yeah. And I can't remember your dog's name, but I know he's watching too, okay? That pretty black dog. But, um, you know, they've been watching us for um, some time now on, on a weekly basis. So we are the Light in Kent. We're in Kent, Ohio, just off the campus of Kent State University and right in the main thoroughfare of Kent, Ohio. <laughs> you know, as big as, as huge as it is, we are here. And um, you can go to our website. You can find out how to find us because we sure would love to meet you, especially next week. We're going to have a great celebration here. And I believe some people's lives to starting this week and, and I believe even ending next week, there's going to be some lives transformed through these messages, through the way the Holy Spirit's going to work in our lives. Some of us, us are, we need something today and we're going to talk about that. So, so good to have you with us. My name's Larry Knoll, if I didn't say that already. And I want to welcome you to a seven-part series, and we are in week six, week six of a seven-part series called Torn. has to do with the scripture that talks about the veil, this huge curtain, 30 by 60 foot curtain, that separated a part of the worship area of the tabernacle and then later the temple that the Jews worshiped in. And see, they, as a general public, you're allowed to come in to certain public areas, but there was this private area called the Holy of Holies, the Ark of the Covenant, and other things, worship items were in there. And, they, and even the priest was not allowed in there except for once a year, for the Day of Atonement, when a sacrifice was made for the sins of the people. And we're going to talk about that more in a minute. So... That's what this series has been. First week was no words necessary. Uh, week two was we're more than forgiven. There's so much more than just being forgiven. God said he would give us life and life abundantly. And we're, we have the assurance to access. Because the curtain has been torn, because Jesus hung on the cross and his flesh was torn, that spirit, he was our spiritual curtain, which has allowed us to go into the Holy of Holies in heaven spiritually. See, we can enter into God's presence spiritually where Jesus is. Now he's in the presence of God. Everyone has an anchor. We talked about how important it is to have an anchor of our soul so that when the storms come, that will keep us in place. But more importantly, that Jesus took that anchor into the Holy of Holies, and just like a good anchor will do, he was our forerunner. And you remember what the forerunner was? That was that little ship that would go into the sandbars and it would take an anchor and throw it in when the tide was down so that when the tide would come up, it would just pull that ship in then through those shallow waters to where it needed to be. Jesus is that anchor, and he is pulling us in to the shore, isn't he? He's pulling us into the Holy of Holies. And then last week we talked about the blessing of us. Because you are a blessing. 
we bless each other. You bless me. Just like Catherine said, it's so good to see all of your faces. It is. It's such a blessing. But there's so much more than just seeing. It's experiencing together, experiencing each other and the ministries that we have to each other. And so God has instituted the church as a part of how we develop as Christians. And it's not optional. It's not like, well, you know, if you want to. No, no. It can't happen any other way, according to the Word of God. So today, I want us to go to the book of Hebrews, chapter 10. And if if you'll hang with me on this, it's going to take us some kind of a minute to get to the main topic on this. But there's a reason we want to spend a little time getting there, okay? The important part here is we're going back to the, the let us draw near. You know, that's the salad commandment. Remember that? So let us draw near. I'm going to read from, uh, do we have the New King James up there? All right, I want to read from the New King James because I like this particular word that they used in the translation. Hebrews 10.22 says this, Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let me tell you a story that will connect maybe with the scripture it'll help you connect with the, what the scripture saying there's this little boy and boys like excite i had a bb gun when i was a kid see i had this i wouldn't let my son have one by the way when somebody bought him one i hit it i forgot about it when we moved it's still in a it's still up in the rafters in this storage thing in florida somewhere okay but I was scared for him to have it because I remembered what I did with mine, okay? And there was no bird safe, no paper boy safe, you know. Yeah, I mean, we, we had BB gun wars in the backyard, and we're just, we're just all glad that we have, you know. I do, though, set off those uh, metal al- alarms sometimes when I go through the airport, and they don't know why. I think it's BBs that are lost in me somewhere. But there's this little boy, he got a slingshot. Okay, yeah, a slingshot. And you can do a lot with a slingshot. And he's out in the back. And his grandmother, they were staying in the summer like I used to do, stay at grandma's house during the day. And she had chickens and ducks and different things, you know, a little farm that she had there. And so he's tooling around with this slingshot, just trying to, you know, do a little target practice. And he rears back, puts a little rock in there, boom, and hits this duck. Kills it. Just bam. This duck falls over. And he's looking around because he's like, man, nobody can know about this. He takes that duck and buries it under some leaves. Yeah. He's like, man, I I just got to hide this thing. I just got to, you know, I just got to kind of get this under the leaves here and nobody's allowed to see it. So he hides it under there thinking nobody saw it. And as he finishes that little job, he looks and his sister's just watching him like this. She didn't say nothing. She's just looking at him, his older sister. She didn't say a word, though. They go back to the house for dinner that night. And Grandma says, oh, it's your turn. It's your turn, Tommy, to wash the dishes. Okay, or I'm, I'm sorry, Sarah, his, his sister, he said, it's your turn, Sarah, to watch, wash the dishes. And she goes, no, Tommy said he would wash them for me. And he was like, what? And she walks up to him and she goes, remember the duck. 
And he's like, oh, yeah. So he washed the dishes, you know. The next morning, they had breakfast. He thought, well, that's what's done is done. You know, we're moving forward, right? And he gets up, and they eat breakfast, have a great breakfast with Grandma, and he's supposed to go fishing. And he's all ready, man. He had his fishing gear, and he's getting ready to go. And his sister goes, I'm going fishing today. You have to stay and do the chores. And he's like, what? And she walks up, and she says, remember the duck. And he had to stay home and do her chores that day because she was holding this duck over his head. Not quite fair. So what happens is he can't take it anymore. They get back from fishing. Grandma and Sarah, they get back from fishing. And he's like, I'm going to just get this monkey off my back or this duck off my back, you know. And he goes to Grandma and he says, Grandma, i got to tell you something. She said, what? He said, I killed your duck yesterday. She goes, honey, I knew that. I saw you through the kitchen window. I just want to see how long it was going to take for you to tell me, okay? I forgave you already in my heart, but I was just wondering how long you would let your sister make a slave of you. See, this is what Satan does to us. He whispers to us, hey, you remember that thing? You remember what you did, what you said, what you thought? See, this is that guilty or that evil conscience. This is why I wanted this interpretation in New King James. This evil conscience. There's a difference. Conscience. See, how many have ever dealt with an evil conscience like that, where you feel like you're a slave to some memory, something you did, you didn't want people to know about, right? See, a conscience is, is a good thing. It's not a bad thing. And a guilty conscience is a good thing. It's not a bad thing. But our conscience is basically the ability to see ourselves as someone else might see us. That's basically it. And we want our conscience to be sensitive to the voice of the Holy Spirit, don't we? We don't want a seared conscience that... We don't listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit anymore. That little voice that tells us, hey, that was wrong. You need to make it right. See, if we lose this sensitivity, then we're in danger of being misled. And people will begin to influence us. And circumstances will influence us. And people will do this with their views and their interpretation of things and their opinions instead of the Holy Spirit leading us and guiding us. Who do we want leading us? Our friends, our family, people who are our critics, or do you want the Holy Spirit to lead you? You see? And people will begin to influence us with their views and their opinions instead of the Holy Spirit. It's good to have friends, good to have family. They're not always right. Critics, it's good to listen to the critics, but they're not always right. Okay? This is when our conscience becomes evil. Our conscience turns against us. It's good, but when this happens, this is what the Bible's talking about, an evil conscience. You see, this we're exposing Satan's little game here. This is what we're doing. Do you realize that? He, here's his game. Come and do this. 
I know that you've been taught that's wrong. I know that, you know, you know, that's not a really good thing to do. It's not a good attitude to have. It's not a good place to hang out. I know that, but you know what? You deserve it. You've been working hard. Or, hey, they really treated you bad. You should not take that. You should not take that from that person. Don't let them treat you like that. You deserve to be bitter. You deserve to be angry. You deserve to not forgive them. Don't you ever... Mm -mm. Don't even look at them no more. Don't even, they're not even on this planet, you see. See, Satan tempts us to sin, and here's his little game. Once you do, then he beats the tar out of you with guilt. And you go, I thought you were the one who said it was okay to do it. <laughs> Teach you to listen to me, but it's too late, you did it. And see, I think this is really cruel. This is one of the worst things that Satan can do to us is tempt us to do something. Then we give in and then we suffer for giving in. And it makes us feel like a dog. It does. We just feel trapped. We feel like a slave because of now we have this evil conscience situation. And this is why the word instructs us to keep our conscience clear. Let's look at Acts 24, verse 16. It says, so I strive always to keep my conscience clear before God and man. Don't you think that's important to keep your conscience clear? You don't have to answer to any man. You, you can't be trapped by any. And let me tell you, how do you keep your conscience clear? When you feel that little thing here poking you, just that little thing, that's the voice of the Holy Spirit. And you know what you need? You need to respond to that. You need to make it right. One time I got so mad at a person because of what they had done to my son. It was a pastor that I couldn't stand. Is it okay if I'm just transparent? You won't get mad at me and, and fire me as pastor, will you? Okay. I got so mad at this guy for what he had done, to, what I perceived he had done to my son and run my son out of ministry and he ran the other direction. I got so mad about that that I couldn't stand when I heard any good news about him and his church. I couldn't stand it. I was like, God, that's not fair. I couldn't rejoice with him when souls got saved. He's always on he's always on social media. And I'm in this same group with him. I was like, you're an idiot. Every time he'd post something, I said, you're a stinking idiot. Who cares what you think? You know, this is all my result. Can I, I'm, can I just be honest with you? Because maybe some of you know what I'm talking about. I, in fact, I wanted him to go down the tubes so he would pay for what he had done. Okay? There came a point where God spoke to me and said, you have got to forgive him, right or wrong, whether he did it or not. You've got to forgive him in your heart. And you've got to go talk to him and say, I held this against you, and I need you to forgive me. I have not had that second conversation. Every time I'm going to do it, I'm like, I can't do that just yet. Not that I haven't forgiven him, but I just can't do it yet. I'm going to do it, okay? So now I'm accountable to all y'all, okay? But I intend to do that. I've had a couple opportunities. You know, I've been in group settings with him, and I just make sure I'm the first one. Hey, how you doing, brother? How's it going? How's your church doing? And I really mean it, see? 
Because I don't have an evil conscience. It's clear with this person. He doesn't know how I felt. Now, he might have felt how I felt. And then it passed. He probably hadn't given another thought. And this is what happens to us. When we have these internal things that we get against people, we're all like this, and they don't even know. It happened, and they went on with their life. And you're walking around like... And you can't even enjoy your life. And they're like, yeah, isn't life great? And they don't even know what they did to you or how it affected you. You see, this is that cruel game. And an evil conscience, here's one of the side effects. It makes us unable to discern. See, if we are Holy Spirit-filled Christians, we should be able to, to, to discern what's going on. We should have some discernment. But here's the, it's really root cause stuff. We can't discern what's good and evil anymore when we get that evil conscience. What do you mean, Pastor Larry? <laughs> well, doesn't it make sense that a born-again, spirit-filled pastor shouldn't hate another pastor? <laughs> Don't you think I should know that that is bad, okay? But I couldn't discern between good and bad, could I? I thought I had every right. You see, an evil conscience makes us unable to discern what is holy and what is wicked. It makes us unable to discern what is true and what is a lie being told by the father of lies. We get sucked in to all kinds of stuff. And we allow ourselves to do things. Is this too hard for you? Okay. An evil conscience, there's another side effect. An, an evil conscience fears death. Now, I know none of us want to die today. I don't really want to die today. I want to play more with my grandkids. I want to take trips with Mary. Okay? I want to at least reach to the end of the place where I don't have to go to work every day. And I can just decide what I'm going to do every day. Okay? I want to just get a little further down the road. I want to see Jesus. But I don't want to see him today. Okay? Does that make sense? But I don't fear death. When we got COVID the first time. January 2021 Woo, that was a little scary because Mark was in the hospital on a respirator and I was like is that where you're going dude oh and for about three days man I was getting all my papers ready I was I was getting my files and one good thing came out of getting that COVID you know is I got organized and I got all the stuff you know that I could Mary here's where all my passwords are and here's this and that you know and and she didn't know I was doing what I was doing actually because I knew it'd freak her out let me tell you, I got a little shaky there. And then I asked her a question one night. She said, man, I'm, I'm a little afraid, you know. What's, what's going to happen? I, my legs don't feel good, this and that. And it hit us hard the first time. Omicron was like getting a headache because I got that too. But the first time, man, it knocked us down. And I said, well, what's the worst thing that could happen, Mary? Didn't I? I said, what's the worst thing that could happen? She said, we would die. And then where would we be? You see? But an evil conscience fears death because an evil conscience overlooks grace because you don't have grace for other people. Oh, it's the law, baby, with everybody else. You cry. It's, it's black and white. You know, it's either right or wrong. There's no gray area here. There's no grace here. There's no forgiveness here. There's no understanding here. Sin is sin. Come on. 
And you see, when we're like that, then this is how we think of our Heavenly Father, that we only expect bad things from Him because we know who we are. We know what we've done. Even as a Christian, we know what we think. We know what we've done. And so when we don't have grace, when we get that evil conscience, then here's what happens. Is we expect God to treat us like we treat everybody else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I almost went, hello. <laughs> See, our guilt and our shame overwhelms us because we think, you're not good enough. You're not good enough. And our guilt makes us a slave to the law. Remember the duck? That's what we hear from Satan. You remember the duck? Only just put something else where the duck is. Remember that? You never dealt with that, so you're a slave to that. In the past five weeks, we've been, our messages have been talking about, you know, the torn veil, standing before the torn veil in the temple when Jesus was crucified and he said it is finished that veil was torn and his flesh was torn too which then opened up the holy of holies in heaven to us that we could come confidently before the throne it's all described there in Hebrews chapter 10 and God invites us to come before his throne confidently and boldly because we know he has made peace with us we're not his enemies anymore you see, if Russia and Ukraine right now could sit down and come up with some solution where they're not going to kill each other anymore, that would be called making peace, wouldn't it? And see, we were, we were enemies with God. The Bible says we were enemies with God because of our sin. We were living in disobedience. And our guilt makes us a slave to that sin but God has invited us to come before the throne boldly because Jesus Christ has made peace with us through his blood okay we are not at war with God anymore because of the blood of Jesus and being at peace with God is one thing but today's message is being at peace with ourselves being at peace with ourselves he said, man, I'm in trouble if he's preached this long already and he just gave me the title. <laughs> That's why I said, it's going to take me a minute to get there. It's going to get, take me because I can't just jump down into that and say, this is where we're going to start. An evil conscience can cause us to hear uh, the voice of our accuser constantly. Remember the duck. Remember that. Remember that, you see. And see, we're about to enter Holy Week right now. We're about to enter the holiest time for Christians. And as we read the scriptures together this week, we're going we're gonna to witness the passion of Jesus Christ, aren't we? Mm -hmm. Through the scriptures. You might pick up that movie and watch it even. I have that. I can't hardly watch that movie. The Passion of the Christ. But we're also going to discover that we, during this week, that we need to defend ourselves. We need, you see, Satan's going to attack us in a lot of different ways. But one of his greatest attacks on us 
is with his fiery darts, the Bible says. Now, what in the world is a fiery dart? And how do I defend myself against the fiery dart? The Bible says that we we have the shield of what? What was that? Shield of what? You sound a little weak back there, okay? It's not a question mark. It's shield of faith, okay? <laughs> it's the shield of faith. And this, the Bible says, protects us against the fiery darts. Here's what I believe the fiery darts are. I believe the fiery darts are the results of an evil conscience. Think about it. Those are the accusations, the exaggerations, and the outright lies that Satan will whisper in your ear. You're not going to make it. God's not going to hear you. Forgiveness it won't work in this case. Okay? You did that. Nobody can ever know about that. You felt this way. And you're a Christian. If you ever let people know, they'll never become a Christian because of you. you got to keep that here. You see all those things, those traps that he'll put you in? Remember the duck. We laughed at that, but let me tell you, it's, there's so much truth to that, isn't there? So let's look at this invitation again. Hebrews 10, verse 22. What does it say again? Let us draw near with a true heart. What? In full assurance of faith. We have to stop there. Full assurance. There's our shield of faith right there. We draw near to God with a true heart in faith. I have no doubt. That no matter what I've ever done, what I've ever thought, whatever didn't do that I should have done, I can come before his throne boldly. Not because I deserve it, but because of what he's done. And see, that's the faith that we come before his throne with. And listen, it says, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. So let's take a close look at what took, takes place when they go behind the veil. Now, if you've ever studied the tabernacle, you already know this. And I'm not an expert on Jewish traditions, but it was an interesting thing. I had a meeting with Campus Religious Leaders Association, Kent State, this this Friday. And the man that was doing the devotional part, you know, it's a lot of Christian organizations. There's some, I don't know what they are, New Age or something. You know, it just says religious. It didn't say campus Christian leaders. It says religious. So if you feel religious, you can come to that. All right? It doesn't say what you're religious about. But there's a Jewish, two Jewish um, rabbis, young guys, that are uh, on campus as well. They are really fine, fine people. And Adam, the one guy that I've known for the longest, he's at Hillel. Okay, if you ever go down Summit and you look this beautiful building on the left as you come up on the campus, that's Hillel, and that's his headquarters. And um, so Adam was giving this devotional, and he was talking about what we're going to do on Thursday. He's talking about, you know, what they do. And w one of the things at the Cedar is, you know, they'll take, they'll start off with three what we call matzah breads, and they'll break the first one. And so he's talking about this. He's talking about this. And, of course, he's not talking about Jesus, but I'm thinking about Jesus. <laughs> and he's saying, and that represents the brokenness. And I went, of Jesus' body. But he didn't say that. See, I thought that. And he said, and they hide part of it. 
and a little kid has to go find that part and then he gets a cash reward for that right or a gift card and then you know this and it taught you know it represents the brokenness that we all have and we are broken but i thought about the body of christ being broken and through that i tell you god just supplied some really good information so let's look at what happens when they go behind the veil First of all, they have to prepare before they even go back. That priest, before he can go back into the Holy of Holies, I mentioned that it only happens once a year that he could go into the Holy of Holies. It's the Day of Atonement. And they choose a priest, all right, that's going to do this. And what he has to do is he has to take a bath, okay, with water. That's what it says in the Bible. It didn't say that he has, you know, any Mr. Bubble or anything else in there with him. But he has to get clean on the outside before he goes into the Holy of Holies. This is a, I think, more than anything, I mean, God could stand stink. You know what? He created us. I don't think it was about stink and dirt. I think it was about here. We are preparing ourselves. We are getting ready. And it was called a ritual bath or a cleansing. So just hang with me. I'm not going to get too technical here. And then once they would get all clean on the outside, he would carry in the blood from the sacrifice they had made from the lamb. And they, the Bible says he's supposed to take this blood in this bowl and he sprinkles it on the mercy seat. Do you know what the mercy seat is? That's where the presence of God dwelt between the horns of the altar, right? where the cherubim were. And so he sprinkles all over with blood. Kind of gross, isn't it? Mary would have been over there with those wipes. Because when I do any kind of butchering at home, you know, and, and doing meat and stuff, I have to make sure I do all that disinfecting afterwards, you know, and you should. But he did it backwards. Instead of getting bloody, then cleaning up, he got cleaned up and then he got bloody. You see, God, let's look at this first thing. God invites us to draw near. And we are not cleansed from a bath. We're cleansed, not just an outward cleansing, everybody. What makes us unclean, you see, is not what's on the outside. What makes us unclean is right here in our hearts. So let's look at Hebrews 9.14. See, there was this preparation 9.14 says, How much more then will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered Himself unblemished to God, He's the Lamb, cleanse our consciences from acts that lead to death so that we may serve the living God. So here we are. We're talking about consciences again. How do we cleanse our conscience? The blood of Jesus. How much? See, when you look at it in the context of this preparation to be in the presence of God. I know we can cry out, we can pray anytime we want to, everybody. But it says, how much more then will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself unblemished to God, how much more are we cleansed? Is our consciences cleansed? Is those, are those guilty acts erased? from our very being the things that will lead to spiritual death everybody 
where do you find it hard to find peace with yourself? See, this is the thing. I'm going to just ask you to think about that. I'm just going to go out on a limb here and say, I think we all have some areas in our life that we're not at peace with God. Why? Why are we doing this? Why do we give Satan a foothold to whisper something in our ears when right here in Hebrews 9.14, we have a key thing to living an unblemished life with no accusation. Satan has nothing over us and we have complete peace. See, when we think of peace, inner peace, you know, we think of, um... We think there's no conflict. Listen, there's going to be conflict in your life, but how do you live with peace in the midst of the storm? When Satan's buffeting us, when he's after us, when there's a storm all around us, when he's... Don't give him a foothold, everybody. Don't, Because I'll tell you, when you are tired, when you are sick, when you are stressed out, when when you are piled on, when your schedule is unbelievable, when your children have done the stupidest things, you can't figure it out, when the dog has poo-pooed on your carpet and it ain't yours, and you are stressed to the max. I can't believe I just said poo-poo in a sermon, all right? But I'm just trying to say this is the stuff that takes us down like emotionally. That's when Satan comes and goes, remember the duck. See, that's when he takes it. He doesn't just stab you. He may not be the one who stabbed you. Something else might have stabbed you. He just takes it and turns it then. He's the father of lies. So where do you find it hard to find peace with yourself? Where is it that Satan constantly assaults you with that evil conscience, with that little whisper? Where is that? So I want to close with this thought about the shield of faith, okay? Because during the holy, this Holy Week here, there is a way to protect yourself from the fiery darts of Satan. There's one way and only one way. And I'm going to give it to you today. I'm going to give this to you free. Are you ready for it? Do you want it? You need it. It's the Word of God. Oh, that was too simple. I mean, I don't have to go buy a special book. I mean, I don't have to, you know. No, it's the Word of God, our shield of faith. It's the Word of God, everybody. See, feelings can deceive you. Whoop, 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 whoop. But the Word of God is infallible, and it's unchanging, and most of all, the Word of God can protect you from a satanic attack. What do you mean? You see, you've got to get your CCW. You've got to get your concealed carry with the Word. You see, there's a big thing, you know, in the United States because people thought they weren't going to be able to buy guns anymore. So they got their guns and then they got their concealed carry so they could carry it under their shirt here, you know, and it was legal. All right. This is my mic, not my gun. Okay. Why would you want to carry a gun? It's so that when something bad happens, you can protect you or your family. It's just that simple. It's not so you could chase robbers. 
Let the police do that. It's that if you are, if you are being threatened or your family, so that you could defend yourself. I understand that. So you need to have your biblical CCW. There's only one way to do that. You're going to have to memorize the word of God so you are carrying. So you're not going, wait, let me Google that. Let me find my, let me find my phone that's always dead and Google that. You know, let me get my laptop out. Let me call my pastor. Let me call my granny. Hey, granny, what's that scripture you always say? You need the word of God with you. You need to be carrying everybody. You need to be carrying. You need to be packing. Right, Mark? We need to be packing the word of God. You need to have the word of God with you at all times, not on your phone, but in your brain in your heart and we need to make an effort to know the scriptures sir i'm going to challenge you all this week get out a pen there's pens i think in front of all this if you need something to write on find something everything's legal to write on except those bibles because you can't take those with you well you could if you asked for it because i wanted you to write down some scriptures i want you to memorize this week i'm going to memorize it with you because i don't know these i didn't cheat and pick ones that i know okay so I'm going to do it with you. And then, if you're really brave, I want you to get on our Facebook thing and record yourself saying it. And say, see, I got it. Why? Not because we're in school. You need to, we need to have this ready to go in our, once you memorize something, guys, do you know something? It's there forever. It, the recall will always be there. Years ago, I taught kids in a choir, and we sang this song. Don probably remembers. We did this musical called Angels in Their Underwear. No, Angels Aware, okay? Angels Aware. And there was a song about the Ten Commandments. Do you know that I learned the Ten Commandments for the first time when I was like 24 years old, directing this choir, by singing this song. Number one, we've just begun. God should be first in your life. Number two, the idol rule. Those graven images aren't nice. Number three, God's name should be never spoken in jest. Number four, the Sabbath for our worship and for rest. Number five, we all should strive to honor father and mother. Number six, don't get your kicks from killing one another. Number seven, life is heaven when you're true to your mate. Number eight, don't steal and break this rule for goodness sake. Number nine, don't be the kind that goes around telling lies. Number ten, don't covet when you see your neighbor's house or wife. That's how I remember the Ten Commandments to this day. I did not rehearse that. I didn't even think about talking about that. So it's there forever when you memorize it. We used to do this in something called Sunday school. Does anybody ever remember Sunday school? Okay. I missed Sunday school because I got gold stars for doing this and free suckers. But there was, let me tell you, I didn't have an intrinsic desire to memorize the scripture. I had an intrinsic desire to get a lollipop. <laughs> but let me tell you what it did is it got the word in there. However, they got the word. They got it in there. A seven year old could do that. An eight year old, a nine year old, a 10 year old could do that. 
and you can't ever get it out of me now do you know what i'm saying to this day those scriptures are they're a part of my being so let's make this i'm giving you some stuff for your shield of faith and here it is first john 3 19 through 20 two verses monday tuesday I'll give you a day off today. I know you're all, you know, full of the word today. So tomorrow and Tuesday, give you two days for two verses, okay? 1 John 3, 19 through 20. Let's read it together. This is how we know that we belong to the truth. Read it. And how we set our hearts at rest in his presence. If our hearts condemn us, we know that God is greater than our hearts and he knows everything. Guys, you're going to need that one day that to know God is greater than your heart. When your heart is broken, God is greater than your heart. When your heart turns to stone out of anger, God is greater than your heart. Do you see why you need this? There's a day you're going to need this scripture to speak to your heart. And I love that last part. He knows everything. God, I don't know what's next. He knows everything. What am I going to do next? He knows everything. All right. Let's go to the next scripture. Oh, let me tell you. Do you remember what we said a couple of weeks ago? Sin is sin. Paid is paid. Forgiven is forgiven. And free is free. Let's say that together. Sin is sin. Say it. Sin is sin. Paid is paid. Forgiven is forgiven. And free is free. Do it again. Sin is sin. Paid is paid, <laughs> forgiven is forgiven, and free is free. You see, that scripture we just gave you, that one right there, settles every issue about your past, your present, and your future. Your future. That you are forgiven. You are living in His grace. And it doesn't matter what you did, how long you did it, and who you did it to, or whatever. Sin is sin. Doesn't matter. Murder or thinking about murder. Sin is sin. Paid is paid. Who paid the price, everybody? Jesus. Forgiven is forgiven. How far is our forgiveness? Uh huh. Let's look at Psalm 103, verse 11 through 12. We're wrapping it up here. For as high, let's read it together. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great it is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions. Do you know why this is significant? If you travel north to the North Pole, okay? Now somebody, we have college students here, so you can correct me if you think I'm wrong. But this is Larry's just... Larry's wisdom here. I'm thinking, if you travel to the North Pole right now, and we headed up there, the magnetic North Pole, okay, which is like 40 miles away from the other North Pole, where Santa Claus lives, okay? So if you go, if you go to the magnetic North Pole, do you know that you will no longer be going north when you cross that? Which direction are you now going? But if you go west, and we head out towards California, and... You never go east. You just keep, you go around the world. You just keep going west, don't you? There's no end. It doesn't, east never meets west. North meets south, but east never meets. How is that possible that they knew that when they wrote this? Because it's God. 
God inspired men to write this. It means when God forgives your sin, it's like it never, ever happened. And so why would you bring up your past when God has no use for it? Why would you do that? The only one would be Satan. He's the only one that would bring it up. But if you have a clear conscience, not that you never did it, it's that you have a clear conscience about it. Let's go to one more scripture. That'll be Wednesday and Thursday. This is a five-day thing. I'll give you Saturday and today off. I'll give you next Saturday off. Okay? I'm serious. Are we going to do this together? Yeah. All right. This is the challenge. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us, right? That's not your scripture. John 8, 36. This, is one, this one's easy. Most of you know this one. So if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. You know that one? You probably have a t-shirt with that in on. What's that? Oh, you were just pointing. I thought, <laughs> I thought you were showing me your t-shirt. How many believe Jesus always tells the truth? How many believe that the word of God is true? Okay. So, here's what messed up Judas. Think about Judas. What messed up Judas? Was it that he betrayed Jesus or was it that he didn't believe Jesus? So here's Judas. He sees Jesus forgive the adulterous woman as he writes down in the dust, in the dirt, when she was about to be stoned. She was a known adulterer. And Jesus forgives her right in front of everybody. Judas saw that. Do you know that? He was with Jesus. Judas saw Zacchaeus. Up in a tree. Yeah. Tax collector. Dirty, rotten. How many enjoy paying taxes? I do not. Thank God they take it out of my paycheck because I'd, I, it would, it would, they'd have to rip it out of my hands to get it. And Judah and Zacchaeus was a tax collector. He cheated the Jewish people and turned the money over to the Romans. Guys, that was like. They had no use for you. You weren't a Jew anymore if you did that. And Zacchaeus is up in a tree. And Jesus says, come down. Let's go to your house. See, that was forgiveness. That was grace. Doesn't matter what you've been doing. Doesn't matter what they call you. I don't care what other people think of you. You're forgiven. Judas saw that. Man. My wife's husband can preach. Let me just tell you. You remember the paralyzed man? Couldn't get to the, couldn't get in there to the pool, could he? Couldn't get in there. People would, hey, you know, and they'd jump in ahead of him. For what? Over two decades. 25, 26 years or whatever it was. He'd pretty much given up. And not only that, during that time, he allowed a lot of junk to come into his thought processes in his life I can imagine a lot of bitterness I mean after all didn't he have a family where were they why wouldn't they get there you know where's his brother and Jesus went and healed him and <laughs> he, he didn't he just said your sins are forgiven get up take your bed and walk see 
Judas saw this. Judas saw Jesus forgive people over and over and over again and miracles would happen. But I don't think he believed that he could forgive him for betraying him. And I think that's why he hung himself. It's not because he betrayed Jesus. It's because I don't think he could ever forgive me. You know why? Remember the duck. Judas, you got a duck in your life. And you can't ever get that. That's, that's beyond what this... You've seen some amazing things. I'm just here to tell you today, if you're hearing that, you need these scriptures in your life. And if you want deliverance, you can deliver yourself. Do you hear what I'm saying? Oh, I want deliverance. You can deliver yourself. First of all, by believing Jesus. Does Jesus, did he die on the cross for our sin? Yes. Just some of our sins though, right? Oh, all of our sins? Really? Even the, the ones that you know are in your life? The things that are in part of your evil conscience? Yeah, he did. See, when it came to his own sin, betraying Jesus, Judas just didn't think he could be forgiven. Judas could not make peace with himself because he couldn't accept the Lord's forgiveness. So what about you? What about me? When we look at Jesus on the cross, not physically look at him, but when we think about what he did on the cross, we see that he forgave those who were responsible for his death. Do you realize that? What did he say? Father, forgive them. <laughs> forgive them, for they know not what they do. So on the cross... There's, he knows he's dying. He knows he's past the point of in the flesh as a human being able to be resuscitated and he's not going to make it. He knows death is imminent. What does he say? Father, forgive them. But see, he didn't just forgive those Romans and those Jews standing around there. He forgave you and he forgave me. Are you getting that today? He forgave you and me for everything. Big word. Everything. I don't want you to leave here and I don't want you to quit watching with any doubt in your mind that Christ died for that sin that you're thinking about right now. That problem in your life. That secret stuff that emotion, that whatever. Christ died for that sin. He died for you. And He forgave you on the cross. And here's the good part. I keep saying this week after week after week. Guess what? He is even praying for you. Don't forget, Jesus is praying for you before the Father. And that's the moment that we can have peace with God and with each other is when we realize that and we accept that. Right there on the cross, breathing his last breath, he invites us to do what? Hebrews 10, 22. Let's look at it again. He's hanging on the cross and here's what Jesus is inviting us. Draw near with a true heart 
in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. It means so much more now that we just tore that up, didn't it? Let's pray. Jesus, help us never to forget that sin is sin, paid is paid, forgiven is forgiven, and free is free. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter how long we've harbored this, we've hidden this, that we've dealt with it, we've heard Satan accuse us of it. That is not us. That sin does not define us. We are a child of God. We are forgiven. The Bible even calls us priests. We are not perfect. But you have given us, you have, you have taken that separation away and given us the ability to come boldly, confidently before your throne through Jesus Christ. And see, knowing this, trusting this, Lord, help us to know that it's not just possible that we should be living in peace with you, Father, and with ourselves. Satan cannot hold over us what we give to you. Once we give it to you, once we put it in your hands, once we make it known, once we put it out there, Satan can't touch it anymore. He cannot enter your presence. He cannot take this from you. And then once given to you, you said, it's as far as from the east as from the west. I'll, it'll never be brought up again. Thank you, Lord. I pray for every person listening right now, whether they're here or they're watching this now or later on video, God, touch them and give them confidence to step over that line right now and never have to deal with that thing again. Satan will never be able to use that again in your life. You'll never fear that again. You won't even fear death. Because you'll have a crystal clear conscience. You can have that. It's not impossible. It is entirely possible through the work of Jesus Christ. We ask all this in the name of Jesus Christ, our victor, our risen Lord. Amen. Amen. I want to say thanks to those who've been watching and, and with our live streaming and those who are watching later through YouTube. And uh, if you're listening on the podcast, again, we welcome you. Thank you for being with us today. And I pray that if you have any questions, you want to contact us, you can do that through our website. We have a live chat. You can go to any of our social media and do that as well. A prayer request, please send us a message. And... Uh, if at all possible, if you're in the area, come and join us next week. We're going to have a great Easter service together. I'm going to be speaking on who is in the grave with you. Who is in the grave with you? So think about that one. Let's memorize our scriptures, okay? So let's start working on that tomorrow, maybe even today. I'm a slow learner, so I'll probably have to start tonight. Father God, thank you for being with us all. Touch our hearts, touching our hearts again with your word. Until we are able to be again with our brothers and sisters, we pray your blessings upon them in Jesus' name. Amen. So good to have... I didn't get to meet all you folks. Came in with Melody here. What's that? Hmm? Yeah, but I don't know the other folks here. <laughs>
I might have met I might have met you, but maybe it's been a while. So I I have okay. And who's this young lady then over here? Oh, okay, wonderful. So good to have you. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Excellent. Did a good job, Melody. You brought them all, or did they bring you in? It's one or the other. Did a good job, Mom and Dad. You see, good-looking family here. Good-looking family. So good to see you all. Anybody need special prayer today? Anybody want special prayer? Yes, Warren. Uh, just uh, my boy. Um, he's going through some things in his life. Cameron. Yeah. Yeah. And you all are looking for a house. Okay. They're trying to find a house because they're going to have a baby. And so you got to have a house for a baby usually. It usually works better. Yeah. Catherine's just getting up to speed now. That's the look we all had a couple weeks ago. Anybody else need prayer? You want to share your prayer request? Really? Okay. Yes. Uh, my grandma, her health and her um, she's going through other stuff. Everything. Pray for Mary's shoulder. She's seeing doctor on that, and it's been very um, touch and go on that. Very, very painful. So, but since we had prayer Wednesday. Since we had prayer for your shoulder on Wednesday, was it Wednesday? Yeah, I've had four good days. She's had four good days since Wednesday. I just told her, I said, it's quite possible it's just healed. So we just take one, we're taking one day at a time going, thank you, Lord, for today. Thank you, Lord, for today, you see. And um, anybody else? Thank you for joining us today. The original version of this message can be found on our website at thelightingkent.com. For more information, you can also reach out to us at info at thelightingkent.com or message us on Facebook.